What prospects have the most to lose and the most to gain at this week's NFL Combine? All this and more on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never replay, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you with they Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It's got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is February 28th, 2023. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Back with you as the football world heads to Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. We'll certainly chat about that and much more going around the NFL world tonight. I am Seth Woolcock, and I'm joined by a man who enjoys good music, better whiskey, but mediocre tight ends. Guys, that's Nate Polvote. Nate, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Dude, you're just not going to let the tight end thing go, are you? Hey, man. We, at, least you're not, at least you're not saying I hate everything tonight, so I'll take that. <laughs> Though you did make fun of me for my awesome Costco hard seltzers, which are very good, you should know. Yeah, we got Seltzer Boy here with us tonight, as I called Nate earlier in our group chat. We also have Herms. He is an analyst for the Draft Sharks team, been a longtime friend of the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. Herms, I'm feeling the energy, the good vibrations coming off you already. How are you as we head towards Indy and another new league year starting just around the corner, my friend? In Between Media Show, let's go! Yeah, baby! Let's go. Oh, my 2023 NFL calendar, bro. Dude, I am stoked. We already got some, you know, we got some franchise tags. We got some players moving to different places. And like you said, dude, the combine, bro. All right. I ain't even ready to talk about that. There's so many things. There's so many important things. This is one of the best times of the year. I'm telling you what. This, this is what it's all about. I love it because it's the time when us football nerds can really sit back, relax, have a couple bevies and kind of discuss some of this stuff that a lot of the mainstream's not going to be, you know, with it for the next couple months. But that's all right because we got our cult following as always. The IBT fam back in the chat tonight. We got Toronto Dave, of course, yelling Herms from the top of the buildings. We got Albert saying good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. And then we got Brad. Hey, fellas. He's excited. Our guy Herms is here as well. Good to see you out there, Brad. And we got Hooftube in the chat. Oh, he he knows about Nate, Nate and tight ends. Uh, so, guys, tonight we're very packed and loaded. We are going to talk NFL Combine, what this means, who could potentially rise and fall this week. We're also going to talk some Combine sleepers to note, names that we haven't really discussed so far on this podcast or on a lot of the platforms around here, and just names to keep an eye on and, and how they do and how we sh- should perceive their co- Combine out in Indy. 
Then we're going to do rave rookie reviews. We broke out that segment for the season premiere last week. Bijan Robinson, Michael Mayer, we're going to talk them. And then Herms, you brought a very uh, cold new sitcom that we're also going to review as well. If you want to uh, drop the name of that real quick as well. It is ABC's Not Dead Yet, starring Gina Rodriguez of, uh, what's that show, The Jane the Virgin? So if you, yes. if you ever saw that, yeah, check out Not Dead Yet. Yes, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, I want to thank everyone for being here in the chat. I wanted to remind everyone as well, we do have a giveaway going on right now. A Keyshawn Nixon autographed Packers salute to service helmet. Yes. You guys can get your hand on this 105-yard return special edition for him. Uh, we're going to give that away when we reach 400 subscribers, but you have to enroll in the giveaway. Kyle's going to put that in the chat for us uh, right now where you can go. You just have to fill out a couple things. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. I know you guys all are, and then uh, we'll get you involved in that. Nate, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, about our rookie profiles we got going on at the site as well. They've been popping here a little bit the last couple weeks. Yeah, it's a new thing we're doing. I really love that we're doing it. We've got some great writers are getting to showcase everything we know about rookies. We've got last week we had one from Dave, one from Scott. So I'm stoked as we go through the season, we get to get all these awesome profiles out to people. And it's a cool new feature on the site, guys. You should check it out. And Herms, I do believe, I hope it's not confidential information, but you're working on some rookie profiles over there at Draft Sharks as well. So uh, all good forces coming together for, for draft season here for the NFL, my buddy. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so much fun. Dude, the rookie stuff, honestly, just like straight up, probably my favorite part of this whole thing. I'm really glad that we're digging into that tonight. Yes. Let's go ahead and jump into it, guys. Let's start out with headline hijinks. <laughs> So this combine really does feel heightened a little bit because we will be seeing uh, three of the top four quarterbacks throwing. We're going to have AR-15, Anthony Richardson throwing. We're going to have CJ Stroud and, of course, Will Levis. They're going to be out there tossing the pigskin around. And I'm excited to see it. Uh, and we also know that the combine, if it's good for one thing, it's to hype up some rookies because because of some 40 times, especially in that wide receiver market, i.e. John Ross all the way back when. Um, but but it's super fun to kind of speculate what's going to happen. So from a fantasy lens, we kind of wanted to give you guys who we think can either rise or fall this week and some names to be paying very close attention to. Herms, why don't you start us out? Who is someone you're going to be paying attention to? And what is your headline as well, since that is the name of the game here? Yeah, dude, I will say that if in a world where Zach Evans from Ole Miss was actually healthy enough to participate in the combine, I probably would have picked him. But yeah. a hamstring injury is going to keep him out from running the 40. I mean, I, I didn't see if it's going to stop him from doing other stuff, but I at least know that he's not going to run the 40. So that's a little bit disappointing. But my headline that I threw out there was uh, my Abanaconda don't want none unless you've got size and speed, hun. Because <laughs> anytime you get to throw in Sir mix a lot, it's a it's a good move. But then also uh, Pitt running back Israel Abanacanda, like do you, like going through you know seeing a bunch of other people's takes and whatnot. You know it's a guy that you know is starting to get a little bit of buzz. Maybe we'll see what ends up happening with him. But you know he was a little bit under the radar before this season. Some minimal production in his career until this past year in his junior campaign. He had 38 runs over 10 plus yards 
20 rushing wow. touchdowns. Okay. Dude, yeah, whole thing. Like that guy, dude, absolutely knocking it out of the park, one hundo. And then according to PFF, his breakaway rate was uh, 44.2%. You know, so that ranks 36 among all running backs, minimum 100 carries in 2022. It's a measure that compares favorably to his counterparts, Zach Charbonnet of UCLA and Kendra Miller of TCU, if you want to, you know, play a little comparison game there. Um, but the downside is uh, his elusive rating on PFF was outside the top 100 in 2022, but he was 13th in 2021 on only 123 carries. So, you know, that's, we're going to have to see what's a little bit more of the truth and whatnot, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's listed at 5'11", 215. And if he measures okay. pretty well, like physically, and he runs a really, really, really solid 40 time, we're talking about a dude that like, he could be just one of those like big boy burners, you know, is doing that stuff between the tackles, boom, gone type of guy. So, but if he doesn't, then my abanaconda don't want them. <laughs> yes. Back with well, the how, many how many times have we seen this out of pit running backs, whether it was Quadriolison, whether it was James Conner, like these are kind of the style of backs pit does produce. So I hope he has a little bit of uh, a little bit of speed with him as well. I think that will be the true test here this week. Herms, I like this. Nate, do you ever get concerned with running backs like this? Because he is coming out of pit. He's playing against ACC competition. I generally like my backs coming from the SEC and Big Ten. Do you kind of look at that way as well? That Do you like diminish the Pac-12 and the ACC at all when you're thinking about running backs like this for your fantasy squad, Nate? You know, I, it doesn't necessarily diminish, but there's an asterisk there because they're not playing in the Big Ten. They're not playing in the SEC. The Big 12 back in the day, which is lesser so now, but we know from these other conferences that, I mean, plain and simple, that they just don't have to play that power type game that you see in the Big Ten and you see in the SEC. So, yeah, I mean, it does. We see these guys hit from schools from these conferences, just not Certainly. at the rate that the SEC or Big Ten hit. Yeah, so something to keep in mind, I am intrigued by this because Pitt has just been putting a lot of good NFL talent into the league the last couple of years, most notably Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison. I'm going to count him as a Pitt guy as well because um, that's that's where he – so these PA-based guys, I'm excited to see it. My headline here for one of my biggest potential risers or fallers is Quentin Johnson, Texas Steamroller or the next Traylon Burks? Don't Google the uh, definition of a Texas steamroller because I did earlier just to see what I was getting into. Not a great, Jesus. not a great definition. We're gonna move past that though, because oh, guys, like every year we see this, we see these big freakish wide receivers. Uh, Quentin Johnson coming in at six four, gonna be somewhere in the two hundred pound range. However, like they always either fail to impress at the combine last year, Traylon Burks, or they impress at the combine like DK Metcalf. And the hype just kind of gets where maybe it should be sometimes. But this really does matter for me. When I'm when I'm looking at these bigger alpha style wide receivers, I, if they can like run like Christian Watson could last. Like I fell in love with Christian Watson last year at the combine because he was a six five guy who could run a four three. You know, like and so if Quentin Johnson can come out here and he can run good, if he can test good in his sizing and everywhere else, I think that's gonna tell me whether he's gonna be in that Texans Patriots range somewhere in the early teens or whether he's going to be more in that chargers giants range in the twenties. Um, curious to see what the 40 is curious about that weight. How do you guys feel about it? Uh, Quentin Johnson here, her feel about him. Obviously he's in that top tier here with Addison JSN, 
but never had a good quarterback as well. First of all, I take exception to the fact that you classified Jordan Addison as a Pennsylvania product. He is a Frederick, Maryland product. Thank you very much. Shout out. Let's go. Let's go. That's on the, the cool border. Kids. That's on the Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, that's where all the cool kids are at. Anyway, uh, but as far as Johnston goes, like, dude, I, I'm going to be curious to see if he's that tall. You know, because I think, what is he listed at 6'4 or something? Yeah. You know what six, I mean? Like 6'4. We don't even the know the thing. weight, though. The The weight is the other thing. I, I have no idea what the weight's going to be because I'm I, I'm looking at, I see him listed 195 a lot of places. I said he has to be more than 195, you know? Yeah. Like, I, just, I can't, re- I don't really know what to say about him until I like actually know like how big yeah. he is. Because like, that's really going to be the big difference between him being like, Oh snap! This dude could go up there, be the traditional X, and just like moss dudes, or he could be like I don't know, closer to the size of like DJ Chark or something, you know? Which like isn't bad, you know? Like that's still like sure. you can become an effective NFL receiver, but like I don't know, you know. And also like receivers not quite as much my bag as it is more in running back land where I tend to thrive, you know. So take some of my wide receiver takes with a grain of salt. But either way, like dude, this one, this one's got me stumped. It's got me stumped for sure. Nate, how do you feel about it? Like, I'll be honest. When I saw Traylon Burks testing last year, I was kind of out on him. I wasn't as high as everyone else was going into the process as as consensus. But Nate, were were you taken back by Burks? And if uh, if your guy Quentin Johnson here, I know you like him a lot. If he fails here at, at the combine, doesn't perform like we think, uh, is that going to hurt how you think about him for fantasy? No, it's just going to change where I think he ends up going in the draft. You can only put so much stock in the combine because these are flat filled, uncontested drills. Game speed's different. So like, I understand everybody's enamored with 40 time, but I talked about this last year. Look, field speed's different. I care more about what a guy can do after he gets the ball. Does he have breakaway speed down the field in the secondary? Can he get past the safety? You don't see that at the combine, but we saw Quentin Johnson do it at TCU. However, we know the scouts put a lot of stock into this. So, I mean, if he falters, he probably falls to the back end of the first round. Right now I have him going to the Texans at 12. So he will be a Texas steamroller, but not the dirty guy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair I mean, enough, anything's fair. on the table. We don't know what he's into, just to be fair here. But Hey, OBJ, man. <laughs> OBJ. Him, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got Brad saying his sleeper is Michael Wilson, wide receiver, Stanford. Brad, you are my favorite person in the chat, but most frustrating as well because you give uh, you, you give clues away for later in the show. We will talk about <laughs> Michael Wilson. I will say that. I appreciate that shout out. Uh, we, we got Dynasty Hot Sauce Pod in here tonight as well, saying, "Yo, what up, Turkey?" Larry, gobble good gobble. To, good to see you tonight, Larry. Appreciate you tuning in, subscribing to the channel, uh, and then Brad saying, "I got wide receivers covered for you, Herms, and defensive guys." Yeah, I've been in a couple leagues with Brad. He is great on both of those. Uh, and Dave's saying, sorry, I just want to make sure I know exactly what to Google. Texas steamroller. <laughs> yes, Dave, that is what you Google. But, like, have your search history off. That's what I'm going to say. Just have Incognito mode, bro. In- yes. <laughs> Incognito mode. Nate, take it away here with your first person who could gain a lot or lose a lot of steam heading into uh, Indianapolis here. So my first one I've got is Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. I, I have a weird thing for Tennessee because I have some friends who live in Tennessee. So I, I like to kind of follow the volunteers and. Oh, Rocky top. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. good old country boys. Um, he won the Bolitnikoff Award in his first season, really being featured in the offense in Tennessee. 21.6% target share. He hadn't seen a target share over 10% in his previous two seasons. 73.6% catch rate. And then 624 of his 737 snaps were out of the slot. But he's kind of big for a slot guy. 6'1", 185. I mean, not huge, but that 6'1 height, that's a little bit different than what we see in the typical NFL slot guys. We see 5'8", 5'9", 5'10", up to maybe six foot on the tall end. So I think he has that going for him because he's going to be facing different coverage than he would see outside, and his size is probably going to be an advantage in the NFL. But my headline is Hyatt expectations for Vol's talented wideout because I expect him to step in almost immediately as a solid wide receiver too, wherever he ends up. We last week on the Dynasty Diehards mocked him to the Kansas City Chiefs at the back end of the first round, the last pick. But he's quick for his size. He's so fast. He could he's not Tyreek Hill. No one will ever be Tyreek Hill, but he could play that Tyreek Hill role in an offense in Kansas City where what your favorite receiver, Marquez Valdez Scantling, is on a long-term deal there. Juju ain't coming back and they've got Sky Moore. So, and Kadarius um, Tony and Kadarius Kadarius Tony like four or five games a season. You know what? Maybe they'll go out and get Kenny Galladay instead of going for Jalen Hyatt here, and then you know, just pair Galladay and Tony back up together. Oh, but so, I digress. Right now, Hyatt's projected second to third round. I've seen him mocked fine. a little bit in the first, but I've seen him occasionally. But the majority of mocks have him in the second. Okay. But if he if he shows up at the combine, if he impresses teams with his intelligence, with his wonderlick, with his team interviews, and those sorts of things, I think he could sneak into the middle of the first round. He could be the second wide receiver off the board behind Quentin Johnson. Ooh, okay. So Herms, do you have a comp for Hyatt? I know you're more of a running back profile type of uh, analyst here. However, like I see him somewhere between a cross between a Keenan Allen and a Brandon Cooks. He's kind of that bigger slot receiver, but he does have, a, I think, a little more high-end speed as well. Tennessee, such a fun offense to watch this year in college football. One of the absolute gems of the season. What do you think of Hyatt? Who do you comp him to? And do you think the combine is going to matter a lot for him? Because I'm with Nate here, and I think it matters a ton. It's definitely going to matter a lot. I mean, I don't have a perfect player comp for him, but I mean, he's the type of guy that in terms of the role that he'll serve in an offense, if everything is, you know, schemed up, right? Like just that field stretcher game breaker, dude, that is going like his presence alone makes the lives of his other fellow receivers easier. Because if you have a guy like, so, like for all intents and purposes, say he just like tests like obscenely fast or whatever. It's like, that's really going to help him establish himself to go somewhere. Like I tweeted out, it was like a month and a half ago or something, just for funsies, put Jalen Hyatt on the chargers or something. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, yes, have, yes. he doesn't have to be I would one love, of those. Dudes. I would love that. Yes. Yeah. Because like Mike Williams is going to do his own thing. And then, you know, like we'll see what ends up happening with like Keenan Allen or whatever. But like, you know, I see, you know Brad got a good comment in there. So a healthy Will Fuller for Jalen. Maybe some, okay. you know, something like that. Yeah. Just like field yeah. stretcher, going to burn you, do the thing. And as far as like fantasy, I mean, that's going to be one of those irritating, you know, Gabe Davis-esque, who knows when we're supposed to start this guy or not type of player. But like for an NFL team, that's a pretty valuable thing to have if your offense is a little bit too compact at times, a little too, you know, feel whatever word it is that I'm looking for at times, you know, you get congested. Yeah. There you go. That's the word. See, I knew it would come to me. I think the biggest question mark with Jalen Hyatt 
heading into the draft for me is a year ago, we were sitting here talking about guys like Cedric Tillman from this Tennessee team. And it was Hyatt, who was really the standout here in 2022. Uh, obviously, Hooker, I think, has a massive impact on these guys' draft stock. So I am excited to see how Hyatt plays out here in Indianapolis. Nate, he is someone on my watch list here for the Combine. Love that shout out. I'm going to roll in with my next headline, gentlemen. Another Gator groupie, Anthony Richardson's first pick odds to drop again. And guys, just in the last week over on Caesars, we had 60 to 1 for first pick odds for Anthony Richardson. Those are now 8 to 1. The hype the hype is building. Yes, the hype. <laughs> yes. Guys, the hype is building. He is still a very polarizing player. Like if you watch just week 1 of last year versus Utah for Florida, Utah being top 10 ranked in the country, he looked like arguably the best player in the country. He was electric he was dynamic he was cautious with the ball though at the same time however the next week they go against will levis in kentucky and they get stomped so it's one of those things that he is polarizing it took him till week number four of the college football season to throw a passing touchdown like uh, you know there are question marks here however he is 6'4 230 240 somewhere in that range and think about the hype that malik willis built up last year just around this time Obviously, some of that had to do, most of it had to do with uh, the viral video that went that went uh, viral from him him giving some money and, and food to the homeless man. Um, but Tom Pelissero, guys, is reporting that Richardson's going to throw, run, and do everything in the combine here, Nate. I think this is his only, uh, could only help Richardson maybe make a case for a higher pick. So I have a good friend, very deep into SEC college football. I asked him for a comp. Anthony Richardson last night. Funny enough, you should mention this. Do you want to know who he told me his comp was? Cam Tim, Tim, Tim Tebow. Uh, I love Tim Tebow, though. I, I do. Now, love I love Tim Tebow as well. Here, here was his point after watching film and kind of going back into Anthony Richardson a little bit last night. He makes a lot of mistakes. The decision making isn't there. Yes. Now, could that come to the NFL level? It could, but typically, do we see that get think Jay Cutler, Josh Allen's an anomaly. Guys don't make that turn at the NFL quarterback. Now, can he come in as a rookie? And maybe he's fixed some of that in camp and through the process. We see him a little bit better in the NFL. We could, but it's not likely. And I'm concerned that teams are going to go really high on Richardson, and he's going to be a dud. He's going to be an absolute dud. He's athletic, and I love that. And he can move, but he's not going to be able to do those things in the NFL. He's not going to break off those 60-yard runs with the frequency he was doing it at Florida. He's not going to be able to get out of some of these sacks the way he was doing it at Florida. I saw a, a cute little video clip from someone else in the industry with um, Anthony Richardson highlights, which they're phenomenal. But some of those plays, there was one where he – faked a linebacker out who was about to tackle him by faking a pass, rolled out of it, threw a touchdown pass. Cool. That will never happen in the NFL. That's something that happens in college. And it's cool to see him do all these cool things. I just don't know that it's going to translate to the NFL. The thing I like is he did play in the SEC. He did play against some top-level defenses. And I think, Herms, we need to prepare ourselves to have the conversation possibly where you know depending where he goes anthony richardson could be the qb1 in dynasty leagues next you know when when drafts come in here in may do you think there's a possibility of that with his rushing upside 
So you mean like uh, QB1 in the rookie class? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was going to say, oh, all no, of them? Not, not all. No, <laughs> I don't think he'll go number one in the draft. But I think like if the odds get yeah. spread out again, I would consider laying a little bit of coin on that. And I just think overall, like we should consider that he could be the QB1. Nate's boss over there at Player Profiler, Cody Carpenter, I heard him last week over on the Fantasy Pros podcast, and, and he had him in his, uh, as his Dynasty QB1 in this class. Everybody's wrong sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for Richardson is just ultimately going to be if he lands in a situation where he – and this is something we hear this all the time, you know, but it's especially true with him – a situation where he can sit and learn. Like in order to really make sure that he's not thrown to the wolves, because we see, you know, more toolsy quarterbacks just immediately thrust into situations where it's like, all right, cool. Here's the first training <laughs> camp. Now there's your seasoning. Go out there and figure it out. And it's like, oh my god, what do I do? And then they just, you know, kind of crash and burn. I mean, we saw a similar-ish thing happen, you know, to Mitch Trubisky. You know, we've seen how that whole saga's played out over the course of time. But you know, Richardson is a guy that I. I like a lot. So full disclosure, I am in one campus to Canton league and I punted on quarterback for the entire like early part of the startup because I really wanted to load up at other places. Yeah. And I committed to hitching my wagon to Anthony Richardson. Let's go. <laughs> like, Let's go. I like, like it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like, I am on, like, I've been on this train <laughs> for long enough to the point where like, if it goes off the rails and crashes and burns, like I'm dying with it. Okay. Like I don't have a choice. It's fine. Like, I don't, I just, I think the Detroit Lions, for example, you know, golf's still there. Yes. It's not like they have to rush him into anything. Ben Johnson's clearly doing some pretty magical stuff with that Love offense me as OC. Benny. Love me Yeah, Benny. dude. Like, now that's a situation where if he lands there, if you want to talk about him over Bryce Young, over CJ Stroud, like, I guess, you know, but I would, would be still. be a year one, year one play, obviously, there, yeah. but long term, yes. Yeah. So, like, maybe, you know, and also, Nate, uh, you know, for all the things that you were telling us about Anthony Richardson or whatever, uh, who's that jersey hanging behind you uh, on your wall there? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Look, I'm not saying it can't happen. It absolutely could happen. I'm just saying I wouldn't hedge anything serious on him panning out as even the Dynasty QB 12 in the next five years. Well, just Nate, you were also you were also low on Malik Willis, rightfully so, last season. So we'll see if it pays off here with Anthony Richardson. I have a little more hope. Regardless, he is a name to pay attention to this week, guys. Oh, 100%. It's going to make or break his draft stock and possibly his early fantasy football stock as well. We got some new faces in the chat tonight. We got Matthew Chester. He's saying Taysom Hill sighting. Uh, yes, Little Taysom Hill action, as always. I feel like his name gets dropped a little bit more than it should here on this show. <laughs> Appreciate you tuning in tonight, Matt. Hope you're subscribed to the channel. Come back and hang out with us. And uh, we got Scott, other co-host. He's off this week. We got He's saying, hey, guys, good to see you tonight, Scott. Brad Bolt, he's saying, uh, he's asking me not to compare Will Levis to Josh Allen in this one comment. And it just be easy. Just be easy, Brad. We haven't even got to the Will Levis part of the season yet we'll have i'll write a player profiler up, up, up hit for him in a couple weeks and we'll see what you have to say then um nate you have one more comp here who do you got so my second comp is roshan johnson now 
you might be enamored with one Texas running back by the name of B. John Robinson, but may I present to you a second Texas running back that you should also be enamored with. And my headline is Cinderella story. Roshan Johnson flies up draft boards post combine. Of course, he was overshadowed by B. John Robinson. He's everybody's darling in this draft. Everybody wants a piece of B. John Robinson. We get it. He's going to be the first running back off the board. And Roshan Johnson didn't get as much opportunity at Texas, obviously with Bijan. But when he did get the ball, guys, he averaged five point yards per attempt last season. That's impressive. Now, in, yes, FB, yeah. in, in FBS, there are how many running backs do we think we've got that are sitting in the PFF grade system? Got to be a couple hundo. At least a couple hundred, right? Roshan Johnson was 33rd in his rushing grade at 88.3. I mean, we're talking about that's not even every power five conference team right, represented right. there. So this is a guy who's kind of flown under the radar. He's shown his career at Texas that he can play that pass catching back role. He hasn't done it a ton, but when he does do it, he's been efficient. He catches the ball. He gets yards after the catch. So this isn't, it's interesting because I think that he's just flown so far under the radar. This is a guy that could go in the third round, fourth round but be an actual impact RB1 for a team that needs it in a couple of seasons. Is he going to be that guy season one? Depends on what he does at the combine and where he gets drafted. But this is a guy to look out for because he's going to make an impact in the NFL at some point. Well, and Herms, he's been a guy who has got a lot of hype in the senior bowl and some of these other uh, post-college season events. I believe if I'm right, Roshan is a former quarterback as well and converted mm-hmm. into running back. What more can you tell us about Roshan Johnson, why we should be paying attention to him here this week in Indy terms? Well, because I think he was like a little bone in his hand or finger or something that prevented us from seeing him the rest of the week in the senior bowl. That's why. Because that first day and all those drills, he was like really impressing people. Yeah. But then, you know, they kind of told him like, hey, shut it down, man. We don't want you to get hurt. But, you know, like that's going to be pretty fun to see him you know fully out there unleashed but then you know as i've been going through watching film for these prospects i mean like so i, I already went through and did my Bijan watch so i didn't watch especially closely for roshan johnson specifically yet but they had a lot of you know both of them out there on the field at the same time so i picked up a little bit of roshan and one thing that i noticed is that like he's a pretty good pass protector as well mm-hmm. so that's one of those things that could like really keep him out there on third downs which of course you know you want your guy to be out there on third downs, especially the younger running backs that come into the league, you know, for, you know, two minute drill situations, pat yes. protection type stuff. Like that's where, you know, you'll get yanked out. The more you're on the field, the more opportunity you have to score and the more opportunity you have to score. That's fantasy gold, baby. So like, that's the big thing about Roshan. And then also like, what is he like? Six, two, like he's huge. He, he's, he's yes. He doesn't look two, like a, he, he doesn't yeah. look like a normal running back. It's it, he like kind of looks like a quarterback back there playing running back. It, it's kind of cool to watch. Yeah, dude. Like honestly, like there is a decent chance that like he already has the early down, you know, kind of frame and, you know, stature to him and everything. But those like little things that he does really well could give him that opportunity to be a three down back at the next level. And there are only a handful of players that I really feel like profile as either I know they're going to be three down backs or maybe they kind of right. could be. And Roshan is very much on that short list. It's like, you know, it's Bijan, it's Jameer Gibbs. It's, you know, Zach Charbonnet of UCLA, you know, some guys like that, but Roshan definitely belongs potentially. Yes. 
Yeah, hundred percent with you there, Nate. I know you have a hard stop tonight. You got to head out uh, for yeah. some last minute emergency stuff. We're gonna let you go, and we're gonna go ahead and jump into some sure things sleepers of the week, and we're gonna talk some combine sleepers names that we haven't mentioned so far on the show until Brad brought them up earlier in the chat. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into that. It's the sure thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, Herms, you're riding shotgun with me the rest of the way, buddy. Uh, want to start with a couple sleepers, and these aren't guys that I think we should necessarily be enamored with, um, but they are names to know for some good reasons, some bad reasons, and names that I think you're going to hear a lot more over this next week into early next week after uh, we kind of get some of these grades back. And the first one I want to bring up here, Herms, is Justin Shorter out of Florida. He is one of Anthony Richardson's uh, targets here on the season. He's 6'5", 6'4", somewhere in that range. We're not sure the exact me measurement. 230 pounds, transferred from uh, good old We Are Penn State, baby. Uh, highly touted five-star recruit. People love this guy coming into college and just didn't pan out here in Happy Valley, took his talents to Florida, and people were starting to talk like this guy's going to get some hype this week because of his size here, Herms. If he runs a fast 40, are you going to jump on this Justin Shorter tra train or, or are you kind of scared away because he hasn't had a lot of college production? We kind of know why he hasn't had a lot of college production. I mean, you know, <laughs> we got done talking about his quarterback. You know, that's one of those things where you kind of have to take into account, like, is it really their fault, you know, situation, stuff like that. And that's a difficult thing to do with a lot of players, like whether in, you know, a circumstance like his or a player that maybe played at like a, you know, quote unquote, lower competition level or something, you know, so you have to grade all that stuff on a curve as it is anyhow. But, you know, like, dude. Anybody who tests super well at the combine, you know, especially if you weren't like necessarily expecting them to per se, is just another reason, you know, for that to pique your interest. Be like, aha, maybe I should go back and check out more of this. So, you know, I'm I'm adding him to the list. I think you got yourself a good find there. I personally, I'm not like I like the I like the idea of Justin Shorter, but to me, he he plays like Nikhil Harry. Like that's who he reminds Ooh. me of. So I. I think I'll probably be staying away personally. Like, I don't think I can jump on it, but I could see him getting a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Nikhil Harry. That's how I feel about him. And that's kind of how I feel about Justin Shorter. Definitely check out his tape. It is fun to watch. He's good at high pointing that ball. Uh, I just worry he's not going to provide much yards after the catch here in the NFL. And he's not going to get enough separation at the pro level. Herms, who is one of your sleepers uh, that you're either, you know, on or off as we head in the combine? And you think that's going to pick up a little more hype this week? So we talked a little bit about Roshan doing some cool stuff, making some noise at the senior bowl, but he wasn't the only running back. Ha ha teaser segue. Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. Now, there's a guy. Uh, once a super highly touted prospect, he went to Tennessee and did not really do a whole lot. So he decided to transfer out, go to Oklahoma, but then he got stuck behind Kennedy Brooks last year. Well, not last year, the year before. You know, So if you remember Kennedy Brooks, I think he went like super late in the draft. Maybe it was like one of the UDFA guys to, like, to the Eagles. You know, so it like, didn't really work out for him, but that's the reason Eric Gray didn't pop until 
this past season. He did pretty well. Best. He, yeah, dude, that guy. So PFF's eighth highest graded runner on the season. Uh, he was tied sixth with Zach Charbonnet, a name that we mentioned earlier, in uh, 10 plus yard runs with 44. So we know that Eric Gray kind of has that little bit of home run to him. Pretty yes. neat. And then also worth noting, he caught 101 passes throughout the course of his college career. So I haven't watched him too, too much on film yet, so I'm not really sure whether I put him into the capable receiver bucket or natural receiver buckets, because in my mind, it's very clear delineation between the two. But at the very least, collegiate running backs don't always get a ton of targets and stuff. So like, if you're going to be a guy that catches triple-digit balls in your whole career, something's going right. And then... Like I said, you know, the senior bowl, like he looked good in the game and everybody that I know that went down there, you know, in Love the fantasy him. community. Yeah. Love dude, like, yeah. Super friendly guy. Great interview. I saw some videos. So I was like, all right, cool. This is a guy like he's built too. Like he's definitely got the size to do all that. And I don't know. Draft capital is really what it comes down to with running backs and all players, but especially the running backs. If he sneaks into day two, I think we're talking about a guy he could maybe, again, be one of those guys, maybe, maybe, be one of those three-down backs. I mean, that could be something. That's a name to keep your eye on, Eric Gray from Oklahoma. I personally love college prospects who do have the three-down skill set. Pass blocking, it means a lot to me. I know we had some questions in the chat, and while I know it's not always transferable right away, the you know the, the size ad- advantage coming in for, for those defensive ed- edges in the NFL is a lot different than in the college game. But I think those skills are so transferable in a long-term basis. If you can do it in college, you can eventually do it in the NFL. Maybe not right away, but that's why we see a lot of these rookie RBs. They make that big impact after the bye week, Herms. They're they're, establishing themselves throughout the season. They get more comfortable with it. James Cook, prime example, Rashad White. So I don't think Eric Gray is someone who's going to come in and be Damian Pierce right off the rip for your fantasy team get you points as early as week two but he could be a guy in a committee who established himself by the end of next season depending on landing spot herms do you have one player or or a comp a a hybrid of two that that eric gray reminds you of so i do a lot of my comps after i've gone through the film part of the evaluation so i don't quite have that yet but i just will say just solid he's just a rock solid player because there are a lot of these guys that you know you'll go through and watch them and they'll have like one or two traits that really pop out and then you have some questions about you know the rest of their profile and their makeup and stuff eric gray at the very least i feel is somebody that can be competently relied upon to execute the core areas of playing the running back position hope that helps but you know he's he's definitely more complete than some of these other guys. You know, because we're going to talk about some guys after the combine where it's just like, oh, maybe he was a little small. He can't catch worth a lick, but oh, he was fast. Or like, oh, this guy's really big, but he's kind of slow. And he, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, Greg kind of just ticks as many of the core boxes as you needed to. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what he can do here in Indianapolis. Our my our final sleeper here for the for this episode here terms is going to be Michael Wilson, wide receiver out of Stanford. Brad brought him up in the chat. I thought this was going to be a sneaky one, and Wilson's intriguing. Like he has question marks. He had on and off production on a horrible Stanford team the last couple of seasons, but he's six two. 210 pounds, excellent route runner, multi-year captain, so you know he's a leader, good locker room guy. Currently working out with our guys, uh, Herms, Heinz Ward, baby, and TJ Hushman Zada. Like, I love, like, 
TJ Hushmanzada is one of the best wide receiver personal coaches you can hire. So I think Michael Wilson is doing the right things. And I think he could possibly actually fall down draft boards because he's not going to be a guy who's going to go in and light up the combine. I think he's going to be a loser from this week because he's not going to go out and run a three, four. He's not going to go out there and test super high, but I think overall he's just a solid player. He reminds me a lot of like a Julian Edelman kind of mixed with a Adam Thielen type role. Cause he can play on the outside at all as well. He's good at contested catches, high pointing the ball, Herms, how do you feel about Michael Wilson here? Because I think he's going to plummet down draft boards, but whoever whoever gets him, whether it's late day two, early day three, I think they're going to be very happy. I feel pretty good about him, dude. I mean, you know, again, tying it back into the Senior Bowl. Notice a theme here, listeners and viewers. <laughs> <laughs> like, watching the game, like, that dude popped. He really did. He made some pretty nice plays, and I'm just, like, sitting there. Because, I mean, I didn't really know who he was. I mean, you know... When it comes to the Pac-12 guys, for the most part, I would say, you know, I, I got I got stuck watching USC, you know, because they were on every night, you know, the local connection with Jordan Addison. So, you know, I kind of ignored the rest of the Pac-12 when they were on TV this year. I didn't, I didn't really know who this guy was. But that senior role performance, I was like, this is an NFL receiver. I don't know if he's a star NFL receiver, but he's a guy that you want to have in your receiver core because he's got that size. I thought he timed the jumps pretty well for a lot of that stuff, pretty decent hands. I'm like, all right, cool. I can get down with this guy. I think that a lot of teams would be really enthusiastic to have a player like Michael Wilson on their squad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he can do again. I, I don't ever see his fantasy ceiling being that high, but he could sneak it back into that, you know, wide receiver three category. If he gets with the right team, yeah. I'd love, I'd love to see him with a team like the chargers with the Bengals. If they eventually lose T Higgins, a team like that, I think would be very intriguing. Um, Herms, this has been a great segment for rookie sleepers. We're going to talk about some of the higher profile rookies in our next segment here. Uh, if you guys are new to the channel, thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. Please give us a thumbs up uh, regardless and subscribe if you aren't already. And let's jump into some rave rookie reviews. Right, ready of rookie reviews here, Herms. This is our half fantasy football, half lifestyle segment. We're going to start it out talking about two of our rookie profiles up on the IBT website. If you guys want to head over there now, you can actually bookmark the page. We have a big board we're working on, and you can see all the profiles we've done. Bookmark that. We're going to continue to add two every single Friday, so make sure you're over there and uh, plugged into that. This is one that our other co-host, Scott, did last week, Michael Mayer, and Honestly, Herms, we've had a lot of hype in the NFL for rookie tight ends the last couple seasons. None other than Kyle Pitts here coming in 2021. And let's be honest, Kyle Pitts is disappointed. Some can blame it on injuries. Some can blame it on the coaching and the quarterback issues there in Atlanta. But Michael Mayer, he comes out of Notre Dame here, nicknamed Baby Gronk for a reason. Three-year college career, four-star recruit coming in. I mean... What more can you say about a guy who 
has just continued to get better every single season. 138 balls caught, 1,649 yards, 16 touchdowns, including nine this last season. That's a single season record for Notre Dame. Uh, I really like Michael Mayer here. I think he's someone who is going to continue to get better. He can get better as a blocker here, Herms. We know that he's good yards after the catch, a good route runner, um, but he does lack a little bit of blocking, a little bit of athleticism here. How do you feel about Michael Mayers? Do you think he could actually come into the league and eventually be someone like a George Kittle, like a Mark Andrews, one of these guys who's going to set a difference for your fantasy teams? I mean, maybe, you know, and also, as you know, me and many of us at In Between Media are suckers for solid uh, Notre Dame tight ends, you know, so this is definitely, uh, you know, <laughs> type of player that we're definitely big fans of. Shout out Cole Komet. Uh, But as far as specifically just as Michael <laughs> Mayer goes, like, I mean, he, he could be interesting. You know, I feel like he's one of those dudes that like with his size and, you know, kind of the skill set that he has, I mean, he's going to be one of those you know, more traditional inline tight end type of dudes that, you know, like he's going to be yeah. out there for some blocking stuff as well. And like, you know, I tend to look more a little bit toward, you know, the tight ends that are like super athletic freaks that like maybe don't get like the massive draft capital just because like, so I'm thinking about this from the perspective of like just fantasy yes. because like for the NFL, like, is he going to be a first round pick? Does it make sense? Absolutely. I completely get it. But where you're probably going to have to draft Michael Mayer is something that I'm not super interested in for your dynasty rookie drafts. Cause just as a matter of principle, unless we're talking about Kyle Pitts level stuff, tight ends in the first round, just no bueno. I, I don't, I don't really want to do that, but I, <laughs> I've seen some people say like maybe Jason Witten. Yes. Be... I, yes. I have. Yes. Which... So like, if I knew like, so, you know, how like in Madden, you can do the, like the little scouting stuff and you can, yeah. you know, like if I could uncover his development traits and just know, Oh, we're getting Jason Witten. Then like, okay, fine. Maybe I'll be singing a little bit of a different tune, but like, it's you know, no offense to the guy. Like he's good. He's very, I've seen like the Packers I've seen as a possibility. Maybe the Jaguars, if they don't bring back Evan Ingram, like it could be fun, but I'm just, first round rookie pick ah, for a tight end. Oh, Okay, let me set a couple scenarios out for you. Let's say he lands the Packers. He's been mocked to the Packers a ton in the first round. We'll see if they actually do that. Let's say Aaron Rodgers comes back. He gets Michael Mayer. Would you consider it then back half of rookie first round drafts? Would, would you consider him then? And also, in addition to that, where would you consider him in that scenario in redrafts? Dude. Well, if I knew he'd end up playing with Rodgers, I mean, that could be kind of maybe like the 111, 112. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't yeah. want to get super aggro with it just because, yeah. you know, again, I'm a man of principle. But yeah. when it comes to something like that, I mean, you could, you could maybe talk me into it. Like, redraft, like, that's where that kind of gets – that's where that gets tough. But he will be in that range. Where, so I'm of the mindset for redraft. It's like I'm either taking one of the dudes or I'm waiting till the very, very end anyway. <laughs> You know, just I mean, look, yeah, it's outright. I did like this massive research into, you know, like tight end scoring history and whatnot. And I think I the conclusion that I ended up with was like one quarter of the top 12 tight ends came from outside of whatever yeah. top 12 ranking from the you know preseason. Insane. It's hard to predict anyway. So like, why not? You know, like as one of those late round stab type of dudes, like after round 10, you know, if you're still looking for one and mayor's sticking around it's like okay like i'll take i'll take a little looky-loo i'll see what's up 
what I love about Mayer, and I, I'm with you that I don't think he can be that next-level guy. I don't think he can be a Mark Andrews or a George Kittle where he can drop 40 points in a PPR, you know, no tight end premium league. However, Herms, I do think he could be a Pat Fryermuth-type level where he provides very solid production throughout his career. He has not had good quarterback play at Notre Dame, to say the least, the last couple seasons. And Michael Mayer is just solid. More than I think 75% of his games this season, he had he had serviceable fantasy yards if you're playing in those Canton to Canton leagues or campus to Canton leagues, excuse me. So I, I, I don't know. I'm intrigued by Michael Mayer. I'm the type of guy who, if he did land in a favorable situation, I would consider uh, taking a shot on him in my in my first rounds of uh, of, of those uh, dynasty rookie drafts. But I'm not going to get too crazy with it. I'm like you. I kind of need to keep it in check a little bit. Um, but I know we play in a league with you uh, where it's double tight end premium. And like, I'm a lot more intrigued in that league. I'm sitting around the turn in that one. And like, that would be one maybe I would consider mayor. So that's what I'm saying, bro. And also that, that just speaks to one of the core tenets of this whole thing. Anyway, know your format, know your scoring, bro. You just get, if it's one of those situations, like, yeah, maybe, you know, he, he could sneak up there for sure. Although if I may. Yes. And I quickly throw out one name, you know, just kind yes. of tight ends are like pretty legit this year, folks. So if you're talking, if, if you want to pass on Michael Mayer in the first round, if you if you think he's going to be one of those dudes that gets taken a little bit too early in your league, watch out for Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. Yes. Bro, he's barely been playing football throughout the course of his like he, he took the playing football pretty late in his teen years and stuff, and he's still kind of learning a little bit of how to play the position and do all that. But like, if we're just going to project the tools from right now forward, you could get him maybe, you know, end of the second, something like that. Like, I don't know, just you know, throwing that out there for all intents and purposes. But Michael Mayer, like you said, could be, could be Muth, could be Jason Witten. That's a, that's a good player. That's a good player. We got Scott in the chat saying he likes the Tyler comp or Tyler Eifert comp, especially since Eifert's record at Notre Dame that Mayer just broke. Yeah, I I think that I mean, dude, if you remember, it was short lived in the NFL. But Tyler Eifert was a baller for about a season oh, and a half when he was healthy, bro. Dude. And that, every time it's been like, okay, he's about to come back from injury. Stash him off your waiver wire. See what happens. You know, every year <laughs> we got Scott in the chat, and this won't make sense for a lot of people new to the show, but. Uh, we did accidentally start a Cole Komet club and he's saying hashtag Michael Mayer club. And then uh, <laughs> Dave in the chat saying hashtag Sam's club. <laughs> Yo, Sam's club is lit. I'm just going to be honest. I went over, went there over the weekend again. And like every time I leave Sam's club, like, do I need five pounds of bacon herms? No, but am I going to get it at Sam's club? Cause it's cheap as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Let's <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm I'm about Sam's Club, baby. And I do love Kincaid. I hate his name though, because every article I've edited this this season about him spells it wrong. First try every time. So oh, if no. if you are a writer, if you're someone, you know, if you have to ever spell his name, just be aware of that. Um, but Michael Mayer, a fun name to know for fantasy leagues here. Let's move on to our next uh rookie profile. We just dropped on the site courtesy of Dave Stewart. That was Bijan Robinson. He's coming in. And I don't think there's like we need to introduce the Doak Walker Award too much. Freshman, he already went out, total 703 yards, uh, 86 carries for him, averaged 8.2 yards per carry as a freshman, and it just continued to get better and better. 20 touchdowns this past season over at Texas. Hook him, baby. Uh, caught 19 passes, 314 yards. Left Austin as the fourth leading rusher in history, just behind Earl Campbell. And what we love about Bijan. Herms is pretty simple. Three down back, 
contact balance is excellent. Size, athleticism, great receiver, field vision. However, he does need, like most rookies, needs to improve in that pass protection role. Tends to get a little bit, a uh, little too high in the pad level as well. How do you feel about Bijan Robinson? We're hearing Saquon Barkley comps everywhere. Is that who you comp him to, and are you riding with him? I'm absolutely riding with him. And if you don't have the 101 in your draft, then too bad, because it's way too late now. <laughs> that, that, That's out of the bag. Pretty much, yeah. You know, and it's there's a reason we've been talking about him and waiting for him for all this time. You know, like I I've been hearing the name Bijan Robinson the whole time. You know, like either way, as far as the comp goes to the Saquon, like I I get it. I get where people come from with that. It's not something that I would particularly go with because there's two main things that I think, you know, where they kind of split off. Like Saquon won a lot more with his speed. Like that yes. is very much not yep. in beat. Like Pijon has some long speed, but once he gets up into that gear, I mean, that's about as fast as it goes. Still very fast, but he he's not going to do like the breakaway burner nonsense that Saquon can do. And then also I would say that Saquon Barkley fits more into that, you know, like I was talking about earlier, the different buckets that you put players in for archetypes. Saquon is a little bit more, like he's a very naturally gifted receiver. Like you can see him create a lot of that separation, you know, do a lot of cool stuff in stride. I don't see a ton of that with B. John Robinson. Now he's still a very good, capable receiving back. That's where, you know, a little bit more of the bucket that I throw him into. But the great thing about him is that, you know, when he does end up with the ball, you know, his, his head and his hips turn very fast. He snaps back into runner mode very, very quickly. So that does kind of put him in that tweener as far as that archetype goes, but Either way, like it's he's physically similar to Saquon Barkley, but some of those key traits are a little bit different in my profile. Uh, just you know, a little bit of a teaser kind of you know, spoiler, a little bit. Yeah, I could I count his run style a lot more to uh throwback Corey Dillon, if we remember back in the days, you know, okay, with the Bengals, yeah. you know, just a little bit kind of like that. I also kind of got some like Todd Gurley vibes. You know, some stuff like like in a world where he didn't have like degenerative arthritis that <laughs> yeah. ruins his career, you know, but like obviously a little girthier than, you know, Todd Gurley. But like, yeah, do, like that's still a super obscenely good player that, you know, I bro, like I said, dude, if you don't have that first pick, like, I'm sorry, dude, like you goofed. I'm just like, you goofed. He's going to be so good. To me, he kind of reminds me of a little bit of a, a taller Jonathan Taylor in a way, the way he Ooh. runs as well. I, I mean, he's going to be special, man. Uh, even in super flex rookie drafts terms, would you still take Bijan 101? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's special, baby. Let's and, go. And I guess the other question we, we have to ask you, Herm, since you are high on him, if he lands in the right situation, let's say a Dallas and Zeke is gone or a Buffalo or a Miami, somewhere like that that's intriguing, high-powered offense, where is he going in redrafts? Where are we taking him? So my hope is that this doesn't end up being the Clyde Edwards Elaire 2.0 situation where I think by the end of it, you know, because I play my home league on ESPN and I think by the end of the process, he has like the seventh overall pick yes. or something. Yes, no, was, clearly, yeah. clearly huge difference between talking about Bijan Robinson and CEH because CEH honestly had no business being the the top ranked rookie in that class anyway. So, you know, take that part of it with a little caveat, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't want him to get, you know, pushed up that high or anything, but like, we're probably talking about 
we're probably talking about the mid second round, something like that. And it's going to be one of those things where I mean, I'll hope and pray <laughs> that he falls to me wherever possible, because frankly, I don't think there's a situation where I don't want him. You know what I mean? Like talking about the yeah. ideal landing spots for Bijan, I can think of about 32 teams that would, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously not all those, you know, because some teams, you know, have some guys already, but you know what I mean? You get the point, like wherever he goes, I'm like, yeah, cool. You don't take a guy like that in the first round probably and not feature him. So, you know, and- anywhere. And like the thing is, is I'm okay with paying up for rookie running backs like Bijan at this point because almost every time it pays off in redraft. Because look at the the last couple of seasons. Every year we've had at least ex- this year we didn't because Brees Hall got hurt, and in 2019 we didn't because Miles Sanders was the RB one of that class pretty much. But besides those two years, every season produces at least one RB one in PPR formats. So like. Last year, I was willing to pay for Brees. I think Bijan's a much better prospect. I'm willing to pay for him this year as well. I'm willing to take that gamble. Um, and I think it's going to pay off and, and we're going to have a fun season. So, Bijan Robinson, that rookie profile, it's out on the site. It's super excited to see what he can do here. Uh, I, you know, him and Michael Mayer, I, I'm glad we brought him up today, but they are, this is a combine show. And to me, like, I don't need to see, I don't need them to do anything at the combine books in on both of them. For me, Herms, anything that you could adjust for either of them, uh, seeing what they could do at the combine. Cause I, I think it's sign, seal and deliver where I'm at on these two prospects. Yeah. I mean, Mayer, it's just like, I don't know for the tight ends, it's like relative athletic score just to see for yeah. funsies, you know, why yeah. not? And then yeah. Bijan, not that it's going to matter at all, but I just want to see him run the 40. <laughs> you know just, like because i do you know and like i said earlier like speed's not a component to his game yeah. that like contributes to like how he wins but i'm just curious because if it is even if he go actually no i'm glad that i mentioned that because listeners viewers if he lands somewhere in like the four fives or something don't melt down like it, he's not winning because he's necessarily burning people he wins because he's physical and he can really fight through traffic really well so if you see some nonsense after the combine oh Bijan was slow maybe we should reevaluate yeah. this tell those people to stop it's not gonna matter yeah get your bullshit meter going here because it's uh it's about that time of the season uh we we, we got a new segment on the show herms bullshit uh bear in mind or bullshit so i'm sure we'll uh we'll talk a little bit about that next week here uh before we round it out herms i did want to talk about uh a new show that you recommended for us to, to review tonight it is we're going to talk about the pilot episode and just the series as a whole and to do that we're going to bring in our audio producer editor extraordinaire one of my best friends in the world his name is kyle his name is scott he's got two first names in his name guys please welcome in mr kyle scott kyle what's up my buddy how you doing i'm doing fantastic i have many names you listed two i'm like (laughs) rumple stiltskin i don't go away unless you know all my names (laughs) there you go there you go. So, Kyle, I reached out to Herms over the weekend. I asked him to give us a show, give us an album, a movie, something that he's watched recently that we should be watching. Uh, do you want to introduce w- what we're reviewing tonight? Yeah. So, Herms suggested we watch a little TV show called Not Dead Yet. It's about <laughs> a uh, Nell Serrano, a broke and newly single self-described disaster. Uh, she works to restart her life and career she left behind 10 years ago 
When she lands, the only job she can find, writing obituaries. She starts getting life advice from un an unlikely source. Spoiler alert uh, for this show and a, a movie from 1999. She talks to dead people. Uh, oh! So it's on Hulu where you can watch it. Or if you have regular TV, like an old person, you can watch it on <laughs> ABC. Okay. Okay. Herms, you suggested this show. What were your thoughts on it? Why'd you recommend it? And wh why should our viewers consider watching it as well? So, I mean, like, I saw the commercial for it, and, you know, like, so when you put together, like, Gina Rodriguez is really cool. She's really funny. Like, you know, being the lead character, I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, oh, that could be a vibe. And then I also really like Superstore on NBC. And uh, the actress who plays, uh, what's her name in that show? Uh, I think Dina or whatever, like, the kind of, like, you know, little, you know, bossy store manager from Superstore. She's also one of the characters okay. in the show. And then uh, the actress who plays uh, Cece in New Girl is another one of the so you know it, they put together you know like three really cool like sitcom people so i was like all right cool you got the cast you got the premise she's you know talking to these dead people writing their obituaries and stuff like kind of a fun novel idea you know that's pretty much why i bothered to check it out because the commercial was funny it was goofy i was like all right yeah. cool i got it and like i've only seen i think there's maybe four episodes now maybe five like i've, I've seen the first three like I'm excited to see where it goes because, I mean, it's not super clear where, you know, things are necessarily building to. Yeah. But just on premise alone, it's interesting. It's definitely a little different than, you know, stuff that you typically see in sitcoms anyway. Because, I mean, I think the ability to talk to dead people, as we mentioned, like movies, for sure. I think in television dramas, for sure. Like, I remember, like, there was, like, that show on, like, a super long time ago, like, Joan of Arcadia. You right, know, but right. It, but instead of dead people, I think it was just talking to angels or something. But basically, same thing. So you know, like, but we haven't seen that in the sitcom, you know, kind of realm. So I was like, you know, it's a vibe, dude. It's a it's a pretty interesting vibe. Yeah, I, I will say honestly, like the ABC sitcoms, I can't really do anymore. But yeah. I did like the vibe. I'm a journalist type of guy. I got my journalism background. Kyle, you and I worked in a college newspaper for a long time, so like I felt those vibes a little bit. Um, I think Gina Rodriguez is great. I agree with you. I didn't know a lot of the other cast members. I've never watched that other show you were talking about. And in the first episode, they didn't do enough. Like I'll be honest, guys, I did fall asleep watching this last night. Oh, I think I got about 20 <laughs> some minutes in, didn't finish it out. Uh, Kyle, we know you as a, a guy who honestly, I think you have great takes when it comes to movies and shows. Where are you at on this show with Herms here? Are, are you giving this a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Uh, so I had I had never heard of this show when it was uh, brought up to watch it for this. Uh, I had never seen any of the tr uh, previews or commercials or anything. Um, I have never really heard of any of the people in it either, to be honest. Oh, well, she was in Jane uh, the Virgin, right? That was her big thing was Jane the Virgin. Sure. And some movies and stuff too, but okay. yeah, mostly that. Okay. Yeah, all things I've never heard of. James <laughs> movies. I've. I wouldn't expect you to. I, I, you know, I have a girlfriend, so you know, you, you know. Well, okay. I, well, I'm just saying. Okay, like, flex, I, nice <laughs> flex. No. I didn't, I didn't, sorry. That up, sorry, Kyle. I didn't mean it like that, but I just mean like I feel like a lot of girls. I have watch a girlfriend, by the way. <laughs> I feel like a lot of girls would watch that. You know, Jane the Virgin. 
Yeah, and I feel like a lot of girls would watch this show too. Um, because when I read the premise on IMDb, I thought that sounds like a book my sister would read on the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not really my thing. I'm sure some people enjoy it. Some people would like it, but it's just it's not really for me. Yeah, I I I did think it was recommended by Seth because it takes place in a journalism setting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that was your guy Herms. Herms got that background as well. So. Herms, yeah, I'm kind of with Kyle here. Like, I, I like the premise of it. I think it's a really cool premise. But I think after all, I, I can't really – I can't get into it. I'm going to give it a 6-4 on my scale out of 10, Herms. Where, where do you That's rank this high. show? So I'm, just trying to, I'm trying to see how exactly I put it. Uh, yeah, so even I acknowledge uh, I'm more of an NBC comedy guy. I think that NBC yes. does comedy better. <laughs> so, and, uh, for an ABC show, bueno. Like, absolutely here for it, you know, but like, I'll be, I mean, other than Abbott Elementary, and I also really like watching A Million Little Things, the drama, yeah. just because James Rodé Rodriguez, uh, always, you know, shout out Psych, you know, shout out one of the more famous fantasy football guys out there, you know, if you catch him in the Scott Fishbowl, maybe you can play in his division this coming year, who knows, love that guy, but like, yeah, outside of those couple shows, ABC kind of loses me, Actually, well, not, Shark Tank's kind of fun, but whatever, like, you know, it's not quite my cup of tea, but, you know, for what it is, it's it's decent. And I want to throw out there for the listeners and the viewers, you know, before you flame me for my suggestion is be like, wow, why would you talk about this show? My initial pitch was uh, season three of Wu-Tang and yes. American Saga came out on Hulu. And that is a vastly better show. Just doing a dramatization of the complete history of the Wu-Tang Clan. But I didn't want to just give you guys the pilot for season one and then talk about the beginning of season three. Cause I was like, they don't have enough time to watch two seasons of this show. <laughs> so if you want my real suggestion, and if you're a really big fan of the Wu-Tang clan, go watch Wu-Tang and American saga on Hulu, but not dead yet. It's, it's nice viewing if you're into non NBC comedies. That's the first thing you've mentioned that I've actually seen. There we go. Well, damn. <laughs> We got we got Matt in the chat saying GF flex. <laughs> Love that. Uh, he, Matt also saying Modern Family was crown of ABC. I never really watched Modern Family that much, but I feel like I'm the only person who, who didn't. That show slaps, dude. That show is hilarious. Was that Kyle, ABC? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I don't Kyle, know. The, I can't tell the differences between network television. <laughs> I don't I'm not as educated. Well, so guys, I will just say, fun fact, before I, you know, so after I did community college doing whatever, I initially transferred to get my bachelor's degree for like three weeks before I dropped out in screenwriting. I wanted to be a television writer. <laughs> that's something wow, I really okay. want. That's the only reason I can kind of tell the difference between the network vibes and whatnot, just because I am a nut. <laughs> there we go. Let's go, man. I appreciate that. I, I can too as well, Herms. I, I got that nostalgia feeling a little bit. So, Herms, we appreciate you being here with us, man. Kyle, I appreciate you riding with us. And everyone in the chat tonight, super active. A lot of funny chats coming our way from uh, from the Texas Steamrollers to Sam's Club to the Girlfriend Flex. So I, I appreciate it all. Herms, where can we find you? How can we best support you as we head towards uh, a new league year in 2023? Yeah, as always, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at HermsNFL. That is at H-E-R-M-S-N-F-L. That's how you spell the words and stuff. 
So I am a full-time fantasy football person over at Draft Shark. So if you want to see what I'm up to, you can check out all of my written stuff over at DraftSharks.com. I just posted something about making some NFL free agency predictions. And then as we get into March, you're going to start seeing all of our rookie profiles rolling out. So I'm yes, sorry, I'm working on them. You know, like there, there's somewhere in the Google Drive I'm, I'm, I'm turning away at. It's going to be a little bit till you get to see them. But when that pays off, trust me, I got you. I got you. DraftSharks.com. Dot com, baby. Let's get it. And guys, for us over here in between media, you can come and hang out with Kyle and I every Tuesday night at 930. Usually we'll have Nate or Scott with us here as well. Uh, if you guys want to get in our giveaway too, we got the giveaway rolling. I'm going to put the link down there one more time. It's in the, the live chat. So scroll up if you want to get in that. Just go to the... I, we have this helmet. We got to give it away here in a couple weeks when we hit 400 subs. So subscribe to the channel. Help us get there and go enroll in this giveaway. I will be honest, too. The first time I posted the link, it didn't work. Like, you could go to it, but you could fill it out. Didn't even work. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, I, I didn't even test it. Super bad web design move on me. Yeah, shame, shame on me, Kyle. But we got it figured oh, out now. So make sure and we still have no entrance in it. So, you have a 100% chance of that winning it as of now. If you go in and get in this giveaway, Keyshawn Nixon, baby, courtesy of our guy Mayfield Sports Marketing over there. Get after it. Kyle, any final thoughts here as we uh, approach Indianapolis this week? Dude, enter that contest. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you got a great chance of winning, guys. Great chance of winning. Get in there. Dave saying beauty show. You're a beautiful soul as well, Toronto Dave. Guys, we'll see you next week. We got a lot more content for you here on the channel. So subscribe, check out Herms over on the Twitter bird, and we'll see you next week. Keep it in between. Till then, everyone. <laughs>